0: On your show, so awesome to be cool. here with you and all your listeners. Cool. I ain't saying you don't screw. screwing and cool. cool. Oh, my goodness.
2: Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of
3: freaky, That's not what cool. I mean. Cool. You know, we need more shows like cool. this because people need as much relationship help out here cool. as they can get. Cool.
2: Cool. I was told. I am pro woman, but I'm not
0: anti, I know the value of a good man, does that make sense? I like that, I'm going to
4: say that if you want to, what's going on there, what up what up? Thank you, hey everybody, thank you, how are you?
0: You ain't laying it down? I bring sun and light in every single time.
2: Is that it?
1: What's going on, people? All right. I want to welcome all of you to the Talk to Q radio show tonight. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And tonight we're discussing choosing action over words and presidential pardons. But before I get into that, let me do a little show maintenance and explain how this show works. This show is a platform for you, the callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers. All of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215, that's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time, because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. Alright, T2Q radio show number 490 freaking 6 starts right after this word from soul2soulconversations.com. Soul to
5: soul conversations occur when two spirits communicate. Tanya is a gifted spiritual intuitive whose readings are much like spiritual conversations between two divine beings. She uses her God given gifts of clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, claircognizance, empathy, and mediumship to enlighten, empower, clarify, motivate, and inspire. She is a messenger. She uses her spiritual energy on a continuous and continual basis to enlighten and empower others via the channeled information she receives. Her soul-stirring readings are her way of honoring her soul purpose, of assisting in the healing of others. She lives her truth and only relays such. Tanya is not your typical psychic. She uses her intuitive energy in a spiritual manner. In every reading, her focus is on your healing. In an effort to be of more spiritual value to God, she fragmented her gifts to be able to provide over 14 types of readings ranging from mommy and me readings to relationship readings to the ever popular spiritual reading via email. Be advised. Tanya is not one to seek for information. She is one to contact for enlightenment. Find her on her website, soultosoulconversations.com.
1: My thanks to soultosoulconversations.com for being a sponsor of tonight's Talk to Q radio show. All right, 347-202-0215 is the number on the show. Shout-out goes to Joe Neckbone in the chat room. And now, the title of tonight's show is Believe Actions, Not Words. Now, this is something that everyone gets caught up in at times. Now, we shouldn't feel badly when it happens to us because it's human nature to think with our hearts instead of our heads. However, there is a chance that we can ultimately make the best decision for our hearts if we learn to focus on actions instead of words. I mean, I know that's easier said than done, but people woo us with their promises and compliments all of the time, while their actions show the complete opposite. On the flip side, some people tell us that they don't like or care for us whatsoever, yet their actions show otherwise. On tonight's show, I'll run some items by my show legends so that we can let the listeners know what they can do in order to stay focused on actions instead of words. And let me go to the phone lines. I have one who's already in the host queue. To the 248 area code I go, the Motor City of Detroit. And welcome on Crystal Hickerson. Crystal, what's going on?
6: Thank hey you. How are you?
1: I am outstanding. How are you?
6: I'm yeah, Pretty good.
1: That's good. And I will also travel to the 732 area code, the Garden State of New Jersey, and welcome on Miss Amanda. Amanda, how are you?
2: I'm good, Q. How are you?
1: I am doing great. All right, and we're going to kick things off. And Amanda, I'll start with you. It's been a minute since you've been on. Glad to hear your voice. When it comes to love, what do you listen to more, your heart or your brain?
2: I probably listen to my heart the most, even though my brain is usually working and saying, you know, it might be telling me to look at certain signs or, you know, be mindful of certain things, but I usually follow my heart.
1: Okay. And Crystal, what about you? Chris. Okay,
6: hello. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'm like Amanda. I follow my heart. Um... Or used to yeah
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> so crystal um, I mean what does it say about someone's character to not live up to the things that they say
6: well then that means that they're a liar you know basically and um, you know pathological I mean if you don't if you say one thing and do another then you are really you're lying about what it is you really want. You're just trying to manipulate and get, get something out of me or out of
1: the situation. Okay. Amanda, do you agree?
2: Um, I Honestly, I missed part of what she was saying because I'm traveling, but um, can you just, I'm sorry, can you repeat
1: yeah. that? Basically, I asked her what does it say about a person's character. If they don't do the things that they say and she says it basically means they're a liar yes
2: yeah, I mean I, I I would say that that would be true
1: <clears throat> okay and so Amanda if a guy tells you I don't want a relationship then does that mean that he just wants sex or he just wants to see where things are going or maybe he just doesn't want to have any interest with you whatsoever
2: it could be any of those things. I think you have to, but if you're a woman that wants a relationship and he doesn't want a relationship, I think that we as women have to be mindful and make sure we're not trying to change him and show how wonderful we are to make him want a relationship when he said from jump, he doesn't want a relationship. Um, so, I mean, I think in a lot of cases it could be that he, just, he doesn't want a relationship with you or that he doesn't want a relationship, he just wants to get um, all the sex
1: without the commitment. Okay, and Crystal, what do you think?
6: Yeah, I mean, um, I agree. It means you that he doesn't want a relationship. I, I, I tend to me to agree that it he really means he doesn't want a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times when that happens, you know, the next person he meets or one of the ones that he's, you know, kind of sleeping around with or whatever, she becomes the main person, or the next one, you know, becomes the main person because he finally met somebody he would, you know, stop all of his flirting around or fleeting around with different girls and be with her. That means he finally found someone he actually wants to be with. So when a man says that he doesn't want a relationship, what he's really saying is that he doesn't want a relationship with you. And um, even if he means, well, I just don't want a relationship, period, it means that whatever you're doing is not enough for him to stop what he's doing and be with you. So either way, you know, either fuck with that or leave it alone.
1: Okay. Well, let me go to the phones and get a guy's perspective and go to the 865 area code, Knoxville, Tennessee, and bring on Daddy Rich. What's going on, man?
7: What's going on?
1: How you doing
7: man, out there? I'm doing pretty good, man. Been wrestling with my son. We had to go get football equipment today.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, to spend some money.
7: Yeah, you uh, know how it goes. How it well, goes. Did, now, did, go did
1: ahead, Rich. When when you tell a woman that you don't want a relationship, what are you saying to her?
7: Crystal said it. I just don't want to be with you. At that point, you know that person. It's not. I think, you know, we word things wrong. Sometimes maybe men do mean that, but ninety nine percent of the time it's that person, you know, basically they're saying, I don't want to be with you without saying that. So they're just saying they're copping out and saying, I just don't want to be in a relationship, but you'll catch them two days later with another chick, you know. <laughs> so I mean I know as a man that's that's the kind of the kind of shit that I would do, you know. Basically, I don't want to tell you, bitch, I don't want to be with you no more. You know, you, you can get the hell on. You know, I, I don't want to be that way, so I'll come at it as if, uh, you know, well, you know, I just don't want to be in a Trying to be the good guy, which really you're being the asshole, so just go ahead and be the asshole all the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, my father always told me if I'm going to do something, do it all the way. Be the best at it. Yeah. Okay, okay. And uh, so, Amanda, um, what are some things that a guy will say that he will do in a relationship but he never delivers on it?
2: Um, I think that a lot of times women can get caught up in um, hanging around in either a relationship or a situation they think is going to turn into a more serious relationship or they move in with somebody and thinking that, you know, we've been dating for six years at some point, you know, he's going to propose or maybe he proposed right. and, you know, you've been engaged for years and there's been, you know, it's not, you're not working toward actually finalizing and and, and uh, making it legal. So I think that's something that a lot of times guys can get comfortable and women are waiting for him to make the next move and really you have no leverage because, you know, you're already, what are you going to do? Are you going to leave? So, I mean, in a lot of cases, sometimes you can get a guy to do the right thing, but sometimes it's just you put yourself in such a bad situation that literally it may take that for him to to actually make a move because you're already, you know, living together. You already have the shared bank accounts. You might have kids together. And it's just like, okay, you've done everything except, legally put it on paper so yeah um, i think
1: that's a that's an example that i see a lot okay let me go to the 732 area code also the garden state of new jersey and bring on ray ray what's going on man hey what's up q what's up everybody not too much man ray um i'll ask you the same question what are some things that a guy will tell a woman that he will do in a relationship but he doesn't deliver on it. What are some of the more common things?
3: Oh, I mean, trying to feed off of what her last relationship lacked. So you may say, you know, he'd take her out every week or he'd spend time with her kids, or, you know, he'd get her hair and her nails done.
0: Yeah. You know,
3: all the, all the stuff that could rats like to hear? But I mean, I, w- I would say that just empty, empty promises. Because empty promises are the ones that get the most, uh, they get the most consideration. So a guy knows the more stuff that he feeds, the more attention he's going to get, the better she's going to feel. And which by the time she realizes that none of these promises have been fulfilled, you know, it's two months later. And she's probably pregnant or or close.
1: That's all bad. You know what I'm
3: saying? So so by that time it's basically over. You know? So I would tell a woman just to look at the actions. So if a guy say he wants to be with you or spend time with you, it doesn't matter what you're doing, he wants to spend time with you. So, you know, whether it's a movie, whether you cutting
1: grass or washing down your porch or whatever. He's going to come see you. So that's my take on it. I agree with that 100%, man. And um, another thing that a guy will tell a woman is the most basic thing um, that he doesn't deliver on all the time is I won't cheat. (laughs) That's one of the main things, or I won't cheat, or lie. But Crystal... What are some things that a guy can do, and I stress the word "do," to show a woman that he truly cares about her? And Ray gave some good examples already.
6: Uh, well, I think mainly he can, uh, you know, pay attention to her, pay attention to her um, her actions. kind of, I guess, kind of like what Ray was saying, but mean it, and then um, actually do the things that she wants done i mean you know within his own reason and personality because um you know i mean i think a lot of times in relationships people are not paying attention um to the other person and and they miss little things um something that they said they were out you know walking around or you know kind of window shopping or something or and she mentioned, you know, huh, I've always wanted that scarf. I don't know. And, um, but that's, you know, and then months later, it's her birthday. And he's like, what the hell does she want? You know, it's like, <laughs> well, she's been mentioning this stupid scarf, you know, <laughs> forever. You know, just little things that um, if you're paying attention, it's really easy to please someone. But we're so focused a lot of times on ourselves. And what we want and trying to make sure we get what we want out of the relationship that we're not giving we're we're waiting to receive as opposed to giving so i guess doing yeah. that and i guess it going to be for both ends i guess both of female or male but yeah that's what he could do he could pay attention but a lot of times you do things that have absolutely nothing to do with what they care about or they do what they think just general women want you know flowers candy or romance and all this kind of stuff and this particular woman may not be used to that at all. So, so paying attention to your woman you're in front of at that time.
1: Okay. And Amanda, back to you for a moment. How can a woman figure out if a guy wants her for her, or if he just wants her for sex?
2: Um, I think it's um, I think it's just paying attention to the subtle signs. It can be, you know, if. Going out, or if he if he wants to go out, and it's okay that you know it doesn't lead back to um, him always trying to get her to his place or him to her place, or um, just actually wanting to go out instead of you know saying hey, well why don't you come over to my house and hang out?
0: Or, right, you know,
2: right, um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's like it's, it's it could be little things like that. It could be uh, if you're already. I guess sexually involved with somebody, it could be if something as simple as you know if it's that time of the month and all of a sudden he doesn't want to hang out with you oh i'll I'll call you next week, oh wait, <laughs> you know <laughs> so it it could be it could be stuff like that, so I mean, you just really have to pay attention to see if is, if it's always trying to lead to something else, or is he genuinely spending time with you to actually do stuff with you, not to okay. Eat.
1: Okay, I get that, I get that. Yeah, I can see a dude now like, uh, yeah, baby, oh, is that time? Yeah, I'm going to catch you uh, next Wednesday. Uh, Yeah, I'll holler at you. Oh, wait a minute. What that mouth do, though? (laughs) (laughs) Let me go to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, and welcome on Buck. Buck, what's going on, man? What up, what
4: up? How's everybody doing this evening?
1: Doing well, bro. How are you doing?
4: Doing
1: great. All right, sir. All right. So let me ask you, Buck. How can a woman figure out? Uh, well, I'm sorry. Let me, let me skip forward. What are some things that a woman will say that she'll do in a relationship, but she never delivers on it? Hmm. I
4: don't know. Just, I mean, it would it would depend on. I mean, it, every relationship is different, so. I guess, you know, from a from a standpoint of, you know, they may say maybe, hey, you know, let's say in we'll, you know, a window shop and we used to use that for an example, oh, you know, if you you really like that? Yeah, I like it. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to pick that up for you. And then, you know, they don't get it. Maybe they forgot about it. Maybe, you know, maybe it was out of their price range, what have you, and they just forget. And they don't get it. and then you end up going to buy it yourself because you know you got a bonus or something and you went and go win about it oh i was going to get that for you When, you know so something like that you know now you just use that for an example
1: okay let me go to the 661 area code and bring on my man joe neckbone joe what's going on
8: hey hey you know uh i actually gave this a lot of thought and I distilled it down to three basic questions that any woman can ask a man to really dig into who he is okay. uh, at, at, a low, at a low level. And, um, in, and this is speaking from uh, the aspect of an older person. If you're younger, you're not going to be able to really do this. But um, question number one is, what have you done with your life? Okay, And this is probably the most important question because a person that has done stuff can tell you what they've done but a dreamer will tell you what he wants to do, all right? This is really critical. This is, I mean, you have to understand and listen to exactly what he's saying. A man that has accomplishments will not mind sharing those accomplishments, but a dreamer will always tell you what he wants to or is going to do, okay? Second question is, where have you been? A person that's traveled will have a different mindset from someone who is not, and a person uh-huh. that... Again, again, this is where the action, action person versus a dreamer will separate. A dreamer will tell you where he wants to go. An action person will tell you where he's been. All right? And then the third question, which, lead, which leads directly into the first, is what do you want to do with the rest of your life? A person that is of action will continue doing what they've always been doing. In other words, you know, if a person likes uh, uh, doing good works in the community, you'll say, I want to do more good works. You know, question three will build off question one. Whoever's doing something will do more of those things. Whoever's dreaming will dream bigger. When you say, "What do you want to do with the rest of your life?" So those are the three most important questions. And right away, you can separate a man who is doing something with himself, which taking action in his life, versus somebody who is wasted potential. They're dreaming. They'll tell you, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna." So it. And women really need to embrace this. A man that does stuff will have no problem listing what they've done. Don't settle for dreamers.
1: Okay. Very interesting. Great advice, ladies. Great advice. I mean, so if an old boy is 38 years old and still been trying to launch that rap career for 12 years, yeah, he may qualify as a dreamer. So <laughs> I agree with you on something. That's good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, Let's see. Let me, let me go to, to back to Crystal. Crystal, what are some things that women do, and again I stress do, to show a man that they truly care about him? Well, you make that mouth do what you want. <laughs> <laughs>
6: um,
0: <laughs> <you know>, basically. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, basically, whatever he wants, I mean, I guess, um, you know, paying attention to, you know, his needs and the things that he, you know, desires. Not every man is the same, of course, so not everyone wants the same kind of thing. Um, but, um, you know, with men, and this, of course, is my opinion, <laughs> but with men, um, they like being nurtured and then, like, being um, treated a certain way. So I think if you um, you want to make your man feel good when he is with you. So you do things, um, you know, like, you know, cook him a nice meal. Um, it's better when he watches you cook. That's always good. Um, it's very sensual, actually. Um, and, you know, giving him, if he's, like, a if he exercises and things like that, giving him, you know, a massage, and the massage will be an actual massage as well as a sensual massage, but mainly an, an actual massage where he does relieve some of the pain that he may have in his muscles, so it's good to learn a little bit about how to massage someone, and, um, and then, you know, whatever he's into, you know, if he's into, like, um, a boy's night or something like that, then allow him to have it, you know, um, you know, it's just see how much he wants you involved in it. Maybe he just wants you to make the sandwiches or, or the pizza or something to set stuff up. And then, you know, leave or go to another room or something so he can have that time. Um, basically, just figuring out, like I said before, figuring out the details about a person and paying attention and then um, giving him those things. If, if it's in, of course, within it is in what you really want to do
1: I'm sorry I thought you were finished because
6: I, I would never want anyone to do something outside of their realm of, of being comfortable if you're doing something and you're pissed off that you have to do this or you're you know you're talking about it with your girlfriends or whatever like oh my god I had to do this for this idiot uh, you know, then don't do it you know please don't do it
1: you know maybe this is not the guy for you or something but so that's what I say Awesome. I think you hit almost everything. Guys, did she leave anything out?
7: Man, sign me up. Sign
1: me (laughs) up. Please. (laughs) Daddy Rich loves that. Now she didn't say she would do it, but she said that's what we no she the way she wait a minute now wait a minute now the way she said it she was, it,
7: she was talking that, about you. no, she was talking about how she would did that i i I believe it sign me up, sign me up <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, yeah, enough said on that that was that that was awesome for sure all right, so Ray, let me go back to you, man um, how can a man? figure out if a woman wants him for him, or if she just wants him for entertainment?
3: I mean, by just asking
1: simple questions,
3: you know, even as a guy, you can say, hey, you know, if we going to hang out, you know, she don't really care what you're doing. She would just say, okay, cool, we can hang out. But if you get a female... Just, like, just as well as the male, if you say, hey, let's hang out, and then they hit you with a question, oh, so what are we going to do? we going to watch TV at your house, or are we going to watch the game, or are we just going to sit and talk again? I let you know that they're not interested in you whatsoever. So if they start talking about, you know, sexual things or whatever, Every time you try to do something different, that lets you know that they're not really interested in nothing else. You know, you may want to do something that's fun. Like, you may say, you know, have you ever been fishing? I may want to take you fishing. And she talking about, well, you know, I went fishing before. It's okay, but I'd rather stay in and, you know, run a bubble bath and, you know, I'll
1: come up to your room and then that with all that shell wow, and she might not want a relationship. She just may want entertainment. Okay. Daddy Rich, what do you think, man? How can you sort out the good from the bad? How can you tell when she's into you for you or she's just feeding you a bunch of garbage because she just wants something to do? She wants to be wanting to die. Man, <clears throat>
7: when, it, when they start asking for stuff all the time, Can we do this? Can we do that? Baby, I need this. When this baby stuff, baby, hey, baby, you think you could, I need a little money tomorrow. I'm going out with the girls. You know, you know when you got one of them. And basically, you know, I've been around, a lot of y'all been around. You know when you got one that's sucking you, and then you got one, you know, that's doing you right. And, uh, you know, when you got the ones that's doing you right, you just got to be clever because with women, you don't want to, You don't want to let them know that you're doing, you know, trying to do what they want because that spoils it for them. They kind of get pissed about that. You got to kind of be clever. And when they throw you the little hints like you were saying, uh, you know, hey, I like that, you know, like Crystal said, you got to remember that stuff and just say, okay, in the back of your mind. And the way we are, if we don't do things right away, we're going to forget them. So what you need to do is be clever and say, hey, let's go check this out. Well, I got to use the bathroom. Go get the shit. and and put it up somewhere, you know what I'm saying, where you got it. You know, do the things while you can and just remember the repetitive stuff that they like that you can do automatically that you can make routine. And I think that's a a good way to keep a balance on a relationship, engage someone that's really going to work with you and one that isn't.
1: Okay. All right. Good stuff there. Well, Joe, let me ask you this, man. Joe, where are you calling from again? I can't remember. New Orleans, New Orleans. Okay. Five Oh four. That's mm-hmm. what's up. Joe, mm-hmm. if a person treats other people poorly, then doesn't that mean that they will ultimately treat you poorly? You know,
8: that's a really good question because, uh, uh, I got a piece of a bar here and every weekend, um, um, you know, I observe customers and occasionally, you know, I jump behind a bar and serve a drink or two. Now, uh, um, male bartenders in this area are rare. In the hood, I, I think I'm probably one of maybe five guys, you know. They're actually 10 bar. Most of the bar uh, tenders are female and very young to track guys. And uh, one of the more interesting things, now originally I'm from New York, so male bartenders okay. are no big thing to me, but it is here. And so because uh, um, uh, I stay on the outskirts of New Orleans, actually in the swamps, so I'm in the country. But, uh, but uh, I hear and see a lot of times where dudes out on a date with their girl won't tip. Right, not even a book. And I'm really interested at, at that. I'm surprised at that. I mean, I've seen women literally uh, see guys throw $100 you know, on the bar to pay for a tab and not give a dollar a tip at all. And I wonder how the heck they can be with these dudes. If you have a guy that won't even tip another brother you know, a dollar, what is he going to do with you? How is he going to be generous with you? Mm-hmm. If, if, I tend to think that people that are kind to others – will be kind to their mates and their spouses and their children. But people who are not kind to others, who you know, uh, their true side will eventually come out. But then again, it's just my opinion.
1: Okay. All right. I feel well, that. That's
8: a question I'd like to ask the ladies, actually. You know, how would you feel being with a man who, te- who treats service people poorly or doesn't tip at all? Would you
1: still be with that man? Uh, Amanda, I'll let's start with you.
2: No, I I would be turned off if um, if I was with a man who treated other people poorly um, or didn't tip decently. Um, I, I just I would I would feel that that he doesn't respect other people and what they're doing. So I would feel like I pretty much would feel like at some point he's not going to respect me and my role in his life. So I think that now, of course, there can always be reasons why. You know, someone didn't get a good tip because, you know, poor service or whatever. But I think that, for the most part, you know, if, if just on a general consistent basis, um, he should he should definitely tip well.
1: Okay, Crystal. Chris. <laughs> On
7: the On
1: the <laughs> her phone is obviously stuck all right we can come back Hello? to crystal but you there
6: yeah okay was Hi. Away. <laughs> sorry anyway um i agree like i was saying to the no room, person in the room um i was i agree with amanda i don't like people who don't uh, male or female, who don't treat service people right, because that, that says something about who they are. Um, and if I was with a guy who treated their waitress or whoever poorly, then that would definitely uh, tell me the core of this person, and I wouldn't really want to be around them, because eventually after you know his representative leaves, this is what I'm going to be stuck with. So... I'm not very good at dealing with bad attitudes. I tend to get a bad attitude as well, and that's no good for anybody.
1: So. <laughs> All right. Well, Buck, let me ask you this. And I'm sorry, Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. Let's throw that out there. Buck, um, some people will tell you they don't want you, that they don't care for you, but their actions show otherwise. Do you have some examples of how people can send mixed signals?
4: Yeah, there, I mean, there's several things people can do to send mixed signals. You know, they, you know, they, you know, they don't ever have anybody, you know, when they're talking to you or something like that, or they, you know, stuff from the past and those, you know, those types of things. And you have to be, you know, you have to be on your p's and q's, and you know, make sure you, you know, you're up to snuff. So therefore, these things, you nip them in the bud up front. So therefore, you know. They know the backup off of
1: that. Okay. And, Ray, what do you think, man? How do people send mixed signals when they say they don't want you but their actions show otherwise?
3: Well, I think if they don't want you, then why are they talking to you? You know, why are they calling your phone number? Why are they sending you text messages? Uh, You know, or why are you talking about things that have nothing to do with friendship? Because you uh, say, okay. well, I don't want a relationship. All I want to do is be friends. All right, well, you know, I, I can't talk right now. I'll be headed out. Oh, who you going out with? I ain't none of your business. You know, oh, I hope you treat her better than you was going to treat me and all this. Oh, wait a minute. That, that's saying that, oh, you got some other involvement. I don't care if you going out with with two ducks and a bird, and we just friends. You know what I'm saying? So it really shouldn't matter. But a person asks them all these personal questions, that lets you know they, that they want something personal with you.
1: Okay. All right. Hey, I think y'all made some good points. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times, I agree with Ray um, on one thing he said about how they say they want to be friends, but you're not doing things friends do. You know, and um, a lot of times one person may have it in mind that, okay, um, I got everything under control. But the other person may be falling back in love or, or or still in love because of the actions are not coinciding with what the words are showing. So it can go both ways. Sometimes a person can say that they want you, but they really don't. They just want to use you. And other times a person can say they don't want you, but their actions show that they do. They're always spending time with you. Um, you know, they're always talking about, you know, things you all can do. I mean, but yet they're saying they don't want to be with you. I mean, that causes mixed signals. Uh so when it comes to Daddy Rich, when it comes to just promises as a whole, this will be the last question on the topic. Do women bite on empty promises in relationships less than, equal to, or more than men? <sighs>
7: You're saying, uh, so, like, uh, false promises, like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm do yeah, women, more. W- women are more prone to bite for that. They're they're easier to, to provoke into doing things that you want them to do. You know, I'm going to get you this, baby. You know, a lot of times, like you see these movies, it's a lot of times how I say that where I look, see my friends. And they have their girlfriends and baby mamas or whatever they are. Well, baby, I, I promise you, I'm gonna give you $200 next week. You know what I'm saying? I got this going on, you know, and and they, next week comes and the $200, they ain't got no money, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that, that, that's happening with us, you know, that I see in my neighborhoods, you know, well, baby, I'm gonna take everybody out to this. And then it comes to that. He don't do it, you know? And the girl gets really, you know, up for it. She's happy, you know, thinking this guy's going to treat her right. And and he just maybe once or twice he does it. But 98% of the time, he's not going to do nothing. And, and I see it a lot, man. It, it happens a lot, especially around the neighborhood that I, I hang out with sometimes, man. And these guys, you know, they're in and out. So, you know, they're really rarely there. Okay.
1: And, uh, let's see, Amanda, let me, no, Joe, let me go back to you. Who do you think, um, buys into the foolishness more or, or the, the words more than women buy into it more or do guys get suckered in more by words?
8: Um, guys, I think get suckered by the visual. Uh, and again, this is just a, you know, just observation, uh, uh, on on a, on a week after week basis of watching bar behavior and and I admit that it's skewed because it's bar behavior, but uh but guys get sucked by the visual, women get sucked by the words. If I had a nickel for every dude that comes in the joint talking about like he's a promoter, let's see a promoter, uh, a producer, you know and and the women go for it. I tell you over and over, it's like watching a B movie on Lifetime Channel or BET, you know. I see the same scenarios played out week after week after week. So, yeah, women, I don't even want to say they get suckered. I would say this, because that, that kind of re- really, you know, puts a bad mark on women. I would say that women want to believe in the men that are in front of them, and men want to believe that the body that's in front of them is a sexual goddess. Women want to believe he is who he says he is, and, and, uh, and men want to believe that they found the next pinky.
1: <laughs> okay let me get a woman's perspective and I'll ask Amanda and Crystal um, Amanda who do you think buys into the words more than actions more men or women
2: I don't know. I mean I, I don't think I could add on to anything that he said he was 100% on, uh, spot on as far as just even the way he said it like just women wanting to believe that they found the right guy and that this one is is being honest and that, you know, we can have this dream life or whatever it is. So, you know, I definitely have to agree with him 100%. All uh, right,
1: Crystal?
6: Yeah, I believe, um, same thing, that women believe in the dream. We believe, you know, it's a dream that was started when we were like five years old or probably older. You know, Prince Charming and all that so this is something that's in our heads and so we want it to happen okay and so we believe you know we believe what this guy says I mean even if it's just for a moment because a lot of times we know damn well he's full of shit but <laughs> you know for a moment for that night you know we'll believe that you know the lies or whatever, and then we want that night to stretch out for the rest of our lives. But it doesn't, of course. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, yeah, definitely women. We, we believe more because it's, it's something that's embedded in us to have a certain type of life. And without him, we can't have it. So, so we want the next one to be the right one. And men, they just, you know, they just want to believe they're going to get laid well. And have a sandwich. <laughs> a sandwich. You gotta have that sandwich,
1: baby. <laughs> gotta have you that you sandwich. Gotta have the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You better make sure that mustard is evenly distributed too. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Whatever.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pork chop sandwich. Oh, Oh, there you go. <laughs> Pork chop. <laughs> All right. You getting fancy now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, um, I mean, the bottom line is people may not tell you how they feel about you, but they will always show you. Okay, we can apologize for our mistakes over and over, but if our actions don't change, the words are meaningless. So you need to be careful what you say to someone who loves you if you're not able to support what you say with what you're doing. Actions prove who someone really is while words only show what someone wants to be. So just remember that actions should meet verbal commitments and not conflict with them. All right. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. I will take a quick break to listen to the daily screen and we'll be back in a little bit over 60 seconds. Well, I'm sorry, probably 90 seconds on this one. Anytime this year you want to play.
9: I'm Will Roberts, and this is The Daily Scream. Here we go. Now, today I'm going to start off with a question. Do you know your neighbors? Do you know their names? Anything about them? Because in the old days, which was not too long ago, so you don't think that I'm 70 years old, we knew the folks on our block and the people in our community. That's why they call it a community. Now, fast forward to today, and I'm browsing on Facebook, one of the many social media communities that single-handedly has killed the normal art of conversation and the real communities. So I'm scrolling mindlessly through this thing for the second time And I see a post from a friend who's talking about situational awareness. He proceeds to explain how he watched outside of his window from his home, only to see a woman who was finishing her run slowly into a walk while she was on her phone. Then he describes that he saw a coyote rapidly gaining speed on her. But ultimately, the coyote passed her. Two things. Number one, okay, I agree that we're so locked and socked into our technology that talking to folks can be like a deer in the headlights. Number two, what the? Watching this woman instead of possibly saving her life, this may be the reason why we don't have communities anymore. And instead, we have friends, followers, and likes. We now have a society of rubberneckers. We watch and report it back to social media. I'm convinced the only way folks will get to know their neighbors is if they have a house fire. Then you'll have all your neighbors over there with phones in hand and film at 11. Get my cartoons at willsays.com. Hi, this is Aaron Anderson of the Marriage and Family Clinic at RelationshipRx.net. And you're listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions.
1: radio show. No experts, just opinions. 347 202 is the number if you wish to join the discussion. I'm chatting with Amanda, Crystal, Ray, Daddy Rich, Buck, and Joe Neckbone this evening. All right. President Barack Obama commutes the sentences of 46 nonviolent drug offenders. He said that the men and women were not, quote unquote, hardened criminals and their punishments did not match the crimes they committed. Now, Obama said that the move was part of a larger attempt to reform the criminal justice system, including reviewing sentencing laws and reducing punishments for nonviolent crimes. With Monday's announcement, Obama has commuted more sentences than any president since Lyndon B. Johnson. Ray, you're the show enforcers. I got to start with you, man. Is the United States too harsh on nonviolent offenders?
3: Oh um, yeah, I mean, they, they can be. I mean, it's a, it's on a case-by-case case basis, but you really can't say that it is. I always feel like you know what the crime was before you did it. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people out here that, that, that want to stand up for criminals where you say, well, you don't believe this fits, so you don't believe that fits. In a lot of cases, it doesn't. But... You know what crimes you're going to be charged with. They know what crimes you're more likely to be charged with. And that's why the sentences are the way that they are. you got one or two choices. Either you can stop committing the crime, or you can (laughs) commit the crime and take the time. So, you know, I'm I'm not saying what Obama did was wrong, because I don't know all the facts on on the case. And I know a lot of guys that I've heard stories about have been caught in the system and they got ridiculous time for a little or next to nothing. That's probably what he did. I know he made good decisions, so, you know, I, I don't really have an issue with that. But I don't think that um, they're necessarily uh, more harsh on nonviolent criminals. I mean,
1: you you got to realize what you're doing before you do it. Okay. And, Daddy Rich, what do you think, man? United States too hard on nonviolent offenders? If so, why do you think so? <clears throat> do I think they're too
7: hard on the nonviolent guys? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, of course, man. You know, I have a lot of people that have, you know, they've gone to jail for years, man, for selling drugs, you know, of course, let's just put it there, it, it's drugs, and, you know, it seems as if those uh, laws were put in place in the Reagan era, I think, uh, when they started that, uh, what was it, the Stop the Drugs Movement, whatever the heck, yeah, Reagan Yeah, the uh,
1: War on Drugs, essentially.
7: And, yeah, the War on Drugs, and I think that's when they changed the, the drug laws, you know, that was when crack first entered. And I do think that they were geared towards us, the ethnic, you know, the the blacks, because they knew that's what was going on, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that they are too harsh because you take a guy like, uh, I don't know if everybody remembers, Birdman that plays in the NBA, the white guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, Uh, Chris Anderson.
7: He got caught up and I don't think anybody remembers this. He got caught up with a lot of uh cocaine. He got in the cocaine situation. And this was I think in North Carolina and he got he was out of the league for what a year or two, but that had to do with some child pornography stuff. But they that little deal that he had with the drugs, man, it seems like it just kinda got swept. Now just say that was uh Chris Paul or somebody or just or uh, that Barnes guy, Matt Barnes, who's probably the same level. Man, yeah. dude, do you know he would probably never, ever play again? He'd be in prison. I mean, just it's just crazy, man. And I think that they will put for us these laws for nonviolent violence for us. Now, the guys that kill, you know, yes, put it to them. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's something they had to do. Protecting a family, or some in cases, you know, certain cases. But these guys that are out here just killing people, yes, throw the book at them. They sell drugs, man. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because people make their choices, and you could say you're killing people, but they're killing themselves. Okay, so it it is what it is. I don't think that they should put the penalty so harsh on a nonviolent.
1: No, okay.
4: no, I don't.
1: All right, so Joe. What is the alternative that you would come up with for non-violent offenders? I mean, do you think they deserve the treatment that they get or maybe they should be a little different than the violent offenders? Uh, make sure I don't have Joe on mute. Whoa, Joe's not here. Alright, let me go to Buck. What, what would be your suggestion for non-violent offenders? Um, do you think they deserve the same treatment as violent offenders? Or you have something different in mind? If
4: they're nonviolent, then they don't need to be treated like violent offenders. Um, I think, you know, for a long time, the judicial system has been screwed up for a long time. I mean, you got guys in there that, you know, they're nonviolent offenders going to jail 10 or 15 years. You know, and that, to me, that's a waste of taxpayer dollars. You know, the punishment should fit the crime to it. And if it doesn't fit the crime, then, you know, it needs to be adjusted. Um, non offenders, you know, and especially not, the, you know, if they're not habitual, it doesn't need to be so harsh. It needs to be changed. Now, if you have, you know, you have the hardened criminal, this habitual offender, you know, then, you know, then you should be harsh on those. But, you know, you've got to make, you know, right now, the way the judicial system is set up, if you got money, it don't matter whether, you, whether you're a hardened criminal or not, you pretty much get off. So, you know there needs to be balance in the judicial system, and it and it shouldn't it shouldn't matter whether you have a whole lot of money or you don't. You know that's that's where you know the changes need to be made.
1: Okay, Amanda. Uh, so what if they have multiple offenses? Um, you know they're nonviolent offenses, but what if they're multiple offenses? Does that mean they should have mandatory jail sentences, or do you still? kind of cut them some slack because it's nonviolent.
2: I think that when you don't learn your lesson and you're given a second chance and you keep making the same mistake, that you need to to, uh, pay the consequences. I understand that it may be a person who's nonviolent, but if you keep, you know, breaking into cars or whatever it may be or, you know, drug possession or whatever whatever it may be i think that after so many times of getting a getting a second chance that you're not going to learn any other way other than to serve time now of course it may not be required that they have as harsh of a penalty as a person who you know is convicted of a violent act however they still need to they still need to feel the pain
1: okay and crystal what do you think um you know, if they have multiple nonviolent offenses, does that kind of put them on another level? Or, I mean, to where you need to treat them a little just as harsh as you do maybe someone who's a violent offender? Or because it's like a no harm, no file type of deal, you don't really um, treat it the same?
6: No, I think that, um yeah, if you have multiple, what's happening there? is that first of all you have a criminal mentality. Okay. Okay. It just means that you haven't been caught yet. That's all that means. And so so once you get caught and after you had like several on the books like, okay, or uh, you you didn't participate in the robbery but you were, you know, driving the car or you set up the plan or you I mean, you were involved. You always seem to be involved somehow, you know, on the outskirts. But you're not, you know, someone that we can arrest, whatever. But that means that you are you are actually probably the ringleader. And um, so after a while, you do need to start looking at this person and going, you know, you know, what do we really have here? You know, do we have the mastermind of, you know, these people, you know, the ones who are out there doing the jobs, you know, they're the grunts. But you're the ones who is controlling this. So... That's why sometimes you can only get them on tax evasion or things like that because you can can never catch them actually doing the job. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I do believe that you have to do watch those people who consistently seem to find their way back into um, the system without necessarily doing anything, quote-unquote, violent.
1: So, yeah. Okay. Now, Ray, I'll go back to you. What... Criteria? do you think that the president uses to decide who goes free and who doesn't? Because I don't know if it's something that he necessarily just goes by or not.
3: Uh, I think he, if, I, if I were to guess on the situation, I would say he probably took it on a case-by-case case basis and determined that do we feel like the time uh, fits the crime or if he felt like that the individuals that were convicted, were they repeat offenders, or, you know, are they doing good works in jail now, and are they trying to get their life together and stuff like that. I don't think he just made a decision based upon, you know, just freeing people, you know, because, you know, they or whatever he's gonna let a certain amount of them out. I don't think he did like that. I think it was based on just the crime the time that the guys receive. And you know, I, I, I can understand that because I watch a lot of date wise in twenty twenty and you know, a lot of shows where you see guys that was convicted and you know, they got a lot of time in that situation that goes their first offense, But guys have to realize the system is working against you. So if you commit that crime Chance of you getting done correctly is slim to none, and you mm-hmm. can beat that in people's head until you bust their brains wide open. They still not gonna get it. It's just like teenage pregnancy. You can have 50 examples right around the corner from you, but people are still gonna get pregnant. Same thing with these crimes. You can't blame everything on the system. You can't be in the system if you're not committing the crimes themselves. You know, I understand people get framed. I understand stuff happens. But for the most part, all these guys are bringing this stuff on themselves.
1: Yeah. I agree. Like you said, they they know they're black and they know they committed a crime going into it. So they should know that they may not get the best deal out of it if they get caught. But um, Daddy Rich... Of the forty six prisoners whose sentences were commuted on Monday, thirteen of them were sentenced to prison for life. Should a nonviolent offender ever get life in prison
7: hmm. it's according. do they call would you call uh, uh rape do they call that nonviolent nope. is that is that's not
1: that's as violent as that comes yeah. right there.
7: No, I, I really don't see that happening unless somebody's going around and taking millions of dollars from old people, maybe, you know, that a possibility of somebody scamming. I don't know. I just really don't see that, man, because they're not harming anyone in in a physical way to where it's causing a death or anything like that. I, I think that, uh, you know, in the case that we're talking – uh. About, I guess we're talking about the drug situation. I agree with the uh, multiple offenses. If you've done it so many times, you know, say a guy's out and they give him three chances. Okay, then they give him 25 years and he comes back out and he does it again. Well, hell, you might as well go ahead and look at life at that point because hell, ain't going to do nothing else. You know? So, you know, in that kind of case, there's a possibility, but no, you know, if there's a guy that's out there, you know, there's a lot of guys that's in college. They may sell a little bit of weed. You know, they get caught once or twice. They're just trying mm-hmm. to make it through college to get some money. No, I mean, you know, I don't think, you know, you set up kingpin, you're going in for life. You know, I think you say, okay, man, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to stop. You know, get your damn degree so you can make real money, you know. And uh, But I no, no, there, there shouldn't be – it should be – far-fetched that they do something like that with a non-violent offender man far-fetched
1: all right buck what do you think man do you think that a non-violent offender should ever get life in prison
4: well i mean just like the gentleman just said i mean if you're a habitual offender you know you can be non-violent but you know you're looking at jail like some account. so i mean you keep getting, you know, you keep doing little things out. You know, every time you get out, you're going back in. Every time you get out, you're going back in. And if, you, if it's like that and you just keep keep messing up, and then, yeah, you know, I can see where you could be put in there for life if you keep doing the same thing, you know, over and over again. So in that scenario, yeah, I can see them getting life. So, I mean, I'm quite sure there's some nonviolent ones that are getting life now we speak, you know, for whatever reason. But, I mean, if you keep getting back in there, you know, you're asking for more time, you know, so
1: I can see it. Okay, so last question. Let me go to Amanda, then I'll ask Crystal. Um, Amanda, what should happen if someone um, gets pardoned by the president and then they go out and commit another crime and get convicted? (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, they should go back to jail. Um, Nothing
1: special? No no chance of ever getting out again? Or, I mean, is that one of the times where you kind of, are you throwing me in for life?
2: I, I think that at that point, you, you've embarrassed the shit out of the president. So,
0: <laughs> you pretty
2: much, <laughs> you pretty much get what you get. I, I guess there can be exceptions. It depends on, you know, what type of crimes we're talking about here, but if you're just doing the same old thing, especially if you turn around and do it immediately, let's say he pardoned somebody and, you know, 15, 20 years from now they do it, Uh, you know, maybe enough time has passed where it's a little less embarrassing, but if he pardoned you today and before the month of July is out, you back doing the same shit and you're arrested again, that's pretty embarrassing. (laughs) <laughs> so I think I think that, you know, at that point, that person didn't learn their lesson and they feel like, oh, I got pardoned, so that must mean I can do what I want. So I I think if for no other reason, the embarrassment factor uh can, can mean that that person needs to go in for even longer than their original sentence. Okay. And
1: Crystal, what do you think?
6: Well, yeah, I, I mean, I can't really say much more than that. I mean, I agree with what you said. I mean, if you are continually doing something, then of course you're not learning your lesson or you haven't really learned any lesson. Um, and then that go, speaks, goes back to what I was saying about criminal mentality. You know, you just, you're just you going to do something anyway. Um, and some people confuse criminal mentality with a hustler's mentality. There's a difference there. Um you know, depending on, you know, you could be a hustler and you do things in order to make money, but you don't cross the, you know, the, you know, legal line of it. You just, you know, do what you got to do. But if you're criminally minded, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You will always try to figure out a way to go, you know, across that line into illegal activity. I mean, serious illegal activity, even though it is considered nonviolent and nonviolent just of course means that you didn't necessarily actually commit a crime as far as um physically but what you did caused someone harm and so that is a violent act even though you didn't physically touch anybody so mm-hmm. you know so you know when you when you talk about scamming and stuff like that because i've heard, i've you know heard a lot of people you who know, have scammed people, but they've scammed them out of their whole life. You know, they have nothing left and, and their life is almost over. You know, it's like 70 years old. I mean, to me, that's a violent act, you know, it's a violent act against, against their, their, you know, their livelihood. They'll never get that money back. Even though you're convicted, the money is gone. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's nothing, you know? So, so yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think, they, you know, just kind of piggybacking you know, on what Amanda said, just, yeah, did you,
1: back in and get longer than they were Just you know that's their third strike or fourth strike means you know you're out of here okay and uh ultimately i think that um if you blow a presidential pardon then at that point i really don't care what happened to you you're, you're, you're just stupid you know and i think you should do some jail time just on stupidity alone because i'm a firm believer of putting stupid people in prison because stupid people have stupid children So no sense of leaving them out and letting them procreate and create more. All right, what's coming up Tuesday, July 21st? Well, James Brown once sung a tune called It's a Man's World. However, he also said that it wouldn't be nothing without a woman or a girl. So who exactly is running things then? Well, women, more so now than ever. I mean, we just talked about this last week. They hold all the power in dating. Yet, we guys are still getting over There are still plenty of guys out there who talk a good game, again, no actions, just words, and they reap the benefits of it. There isn't a shortage of guys in society with multiple sex partners who are unaware that they're sharing his body. Now, what makes it so easy for the fellas? Well, the women do. Through being envious and competitive, they pave the ways for those type of guys to do what they do. Should all guys respect women enough to not do it? Absolutely. However, all women should have enough respect for themselves and their sisters to not allow it to happen, right? We'll discuss that and more on the Talk to Q Radio show. No experts, just opinions. Tuesdays, July 1st at 10 p.m. Eastern. Why women are their own worst enemies. Okay, go ahead and get final thoughts and let's see. Daddy Rich, I'm going to start with you, man, and I know you want to give a shout as well.
5: Yeah,
7: man. uh, I got a new team, man. I got this. uh, I've got a really, really nice artist. Her name is Woji. She is from South Warren, Michigan. Uh, Be looking out for uh, and Mr. J-Rock. He is from Columbus, Ohio. These guys are hot. They've got a great image. Uh, The Woji. I'm looking for her to really take off, man. I I want you guys to to check her out, man. I'm on, I'm gonna send you some stuff, Q, and you, Crystal. I'm gonna get some stuff to you, so you can check this chick out, man. She's That's she's really up. hot, man. Really hot. Nice okay. show, nice show, Q. I always love man coming on and doing stuff with you and Crystal, man. It's awesome. Love it.
1: Okay, I appreciate you joining the mix, man. You got a home here.
7: Thank you.
1: Thank Uh, you. All right. And, yeah, I'll be looking for um, what you send me, too, definitely. All right. Amanda, I shall go with you. Always great to get you back in the mix.
2: Thank you. Great show, as always. I enjoyed hearing everybody and some uh, people I haven't interacted with before. So so it's always good to have new blood. Um, Regarding the different topics, I think that it's just a matter of – You know, just in some cases using common sense when, you know, as far as going back to our first topic as far as um, men and women and dating and, you know, people selling a line of BS. And I think that as women we have to make sure that we're not ignoring the signs that a man will present to us trying to follow this dream. Like um, I believe it was Joe that was saying, Uh, you know, how he sees it every week, a guy that says he's a producer or he's a promoter or whatever. But I think that a lot of times you can see something where this guy is saying he's this and he works with all these famous acts or whatever, but he's waiting on somebody to pick him up. Or the way he's dressed, he just doesn't present himself as someone who's successful. Now, that's not necessarily uh, an indicator not to date someone, but it is, an indicator that maybe what he's saying isn't true. So I think that Mm -hmm. we have to, you know, stop trying to find the good in all these people and just be honest, you know, hey, I think this guy's bullshit me and just, you know, take it for what it is. You could say, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and see, but don't be blind to it and act like you don't see it. So that's just all I wanted to say on that. But, you know, I really enjoyed everybody, and I hope everybody has a great rest of their week.
1: Thank you very much, ma'am. I appreciate it. And, Buck, what say you find, sir? show as
4: always, I you know, love the interaction with everybody and, you know, having the new additions, you know, coming in for second night in a row. That's great. It's good to have, you know, the, the good dialogue. You know, I think we learned a lot tonight with the topics that we went across tonight. Um, Basically, you know, my thing, my my thing is always communication and common sense. I mean, you know what you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis when you're, dealing, when you're dating someone. So you just got to use common sense and you know communicate. You do those two things, you know, usually you know there won't be any bullshit going on. You know, as long as you go through, as long as you go through, the, you know, that process. Um, but when you go through that process, you're doing the right things, and then the other person. Is doing, you know, whatever. You know, you have to kind of, you know, make sure that, you know, you do your due diligence and make sure you don't get dragged in the mud continuously. So just got to make sure you're doing the right thing and make sure you, you know, keep your eyes open and not shut and, you know, communicate and have common sense and that everything works out in the end. So everybody have a great, great rest of the week. Enjoy it as always.
1: Thank you very much, sir. And Crystal, Crystal, Chris, Arthur Hickerson, show legend, show hostess, media mogul, through. woman who can't get her phone off a of mute.
0: Hello. <laughs>
6: Am I off mute or not?
1: I can hear you now.
6: Okay, great. Damn. You got to play the little sound shit. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, uh, what I was going to say
1: about. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) That's
6: right. Laugh it up. (laughs) um... (laughs) Okay. Are you done?
1: Yeah, I'm done.
6: All right, fine. Anyway, um, relationships, okay? Um, Actions over words, okay? I thought Q liked me until now he's displaying these actions that are bad. But um, as far as I was in um, a relationship, um, and this particular relationship was um, one where... um, He said all the right things, and he backed them up with actual action. And so I was like, okay, here we go. This is good. (laughs) Um, But then, you know, after a few years, um, it ended, okay? And then I realized that everything he was saying and doing were bullshit. So that kind of threw me for a loop there.
1: Like a a long con or something?
6: um, Yeah, yeah, it was like a long con, a long kiss good night, you know, basically, (laughs) kind of shit, so after that, um, yeah, that kind of threw me for a loop, and I was like, oh, hell, I can't, I can't, um, believe what a guy says, nor what he does, so I had to get over that for a minute, but, you know, some people are better at it than others, I guess, but, um, but yeah, you should definitely, uh, look at what a person does, and, um, I guess not so much what he's doing, but also how he's doing it. Um, does it make any sense to you, um, filling out the details and everything? And so, and you know, I I guess I have to piggyback on what Amanda was saying regarding dreamers. Um, I wanted to ask, like, what was the point that you stopped, you know, listening to the dreamer, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, what age or what whatever. I think you said 38 was, was the age, uh, well, for rappers, I guess, but, you know, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, a person is, I say if they're doing, like, if they have a day job, they're doing well in their job or whatever, um, and they're still successful that way, but they still have dreams of, you know, whatever. Maybe that dreams won't even start until they're, you know, 55 or 60 when they retire, What or whatever, you know, and then they can actually be who they want to be because you're they're, they're done with the work part. So maybe that dreamer doesn't even to realize his or her dreams until, you know, that point. So, I don't know, uh, again, I, I wouldn't say necessarily count someone out because they're a dreamer, but um, but understand, you know, what their dream is and maybe there's a way to fulfill their dreams and uh, without them, you know, giving up on their life. I guess it, I guess, really what, you know, um, what he was saying, I guess Joe that moment was saying was that if they're not doing anything, you know, and they're just dreaming and not doing anything, just laying on your couch, sucking up my air, um, then, then that's not hmm. good. But if they're, you know, they're trying and they're doing, but, you know, you they still have dreams. dreams. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with dreams. So, um, but anyway, good show. And I uh, look forward to next week. What was that? To find out, you know, what's wrong with us women. So, <laughs> that should be interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we have the show legends who will tell you. So.
6: Yes, I I do
1: know that. Yeah, I do. All right. Speaking of one of them, Ray, shut it down for me, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. Um, great topic. I think uh, there's a lot of good advice given out today, but I think that, you know, whether you're male or you're female, you have to listen to that advice. And I think what happens with females a lot of times, and guys too, they come into a relationship desperate. I know the word is supposed to be thirsty now, but it's been desperate for 200 years. And so we don't use desperate. And when you're desperate, you don't take time. You don't look at things on all sides. You're only looking at it on one side. Well, he's a man or she's a woman. They're good looking and, you know, they said this, they said that. They seem like a cool guy. You know, you know what happens? If I meet somebody that's almost perfect, you know what I want to do? I want to peel back the onion.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Because I'm going to find out why is it that you're single now. Might be your fault, might not be your fault. And at the same time, we're going to find out why you're, why you're single. And depending upon what type of answers you get, you know what type of person you're dealing with. Person, if it's all the other person's fault, all the other person's fault, that's somebody who does not accept responsibility. Because if you were with somebody for years, and you let them step on you for years, then that said something about your character. But if you, you know, we've been together for a few months, I began to see this, I began to see that, and that's something completely different. But, I mean, relationship advice, whether people want to take it or not, they should listen. And that it save a lot of trouble and it saved them a lot of heartache because there are users, whether male or female. You know, when they need to borrow money in a relationship. Okay, you going to work every day? Why are you constantly need to borrow money? Some people don't think you should ask that question. I had, you know, exes tell me where well, you're not my father. You ain't got no business asking me questions. Okay, mm-hmm. I wear it and close my wallet up. Go wherever you need to go to get it. So the thing is, is it just needs to be more understanding, more communication, and more honesty. And I think that'll make things somewhat better. But it can never be better until everybody puts their best foot forward.
1: Okay. Sounds good. I appreciate that, man. And I appreciate you, all of you joining the show. Um, if you I want to hang on for some, um, some zone coverage, we can talk a little sports for a few. Um, it won't be Ooh, much, but absolutely. let's talk about it for a few, but, uh, I do want to bring up this one quote by Wanda R- Ronda Rousey from tonight's ESPY awards. Uh, she won the best title of best fighter and she beat out Flora Mayweather and win the award. And she said, quote, I wonder how Floyd feels being beaten by a woman for once. I like to see you pretend that you don't know who I am. End quote. <laughs> man, she will not let Floyd get over that, man. That's, that's that's a trip. I don't know if he was there or not when she said it. I'm pretty sure he was there though. So all right. But um the upcoming show schedule can be found at talkthecue.com. If you want to hear previous shows, then subscribe to me on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and get caught up. So my thanks to my show legends, callers. Tweet chatters, a ton of people got involved on social media tonight with uh, Twitter and Facebook. So even if you missed the live chat, um, just search for T2Q on Twitter or Facebook and you can find all of the um, questions that were asked and you can comment on them. There's a thread going on right now on Facebook. Uh, my thanks to soul com. To soulconversationscom uh, and will Roberts for the daily screen. And I also want to thank Sorrento's Maloja and stay tuned to hear his newest song, which he's what he's doing for charity and what we'll do before his own coverage. I'll go ahead and play his song. We'll take a break. Um, let's see. His song is about close to four minutes long. We'll take a break and then we'll come back on the flip side and talk a little sports. A lot of deals went down in the NFL. I just want to talk about some of those deals and anything else that may be uh, sports-related, from the Keith Thurman fight this weekend or whatever. But um, Saranto's Meloja, download his brand-new song for free on his website right now at meloja.com forward slash music dot h-t-m-l, and that's Meloja, M-E-L-O-G-I-A. Share it via email or any social media platform with all of your friends. You have his permission. The charity for this one is for DuPage Pads. So everyone have a good night. Check out Toronto Meloja's newest song called Easy to Believe. And on the end of it, on the other side, we'll get into some zone coverage.
0: I went down that road But quickly realized I did not belong You made it easy to believe How easy would things be It'd be so easy to believe In you I could truly see My dream turned to reality A dream
1: of the show talking a little zone coverage. Sports, mainly the NFL, sideline to sideline, end zone to end zone. You know how we do it. I got Ray and Buck still on the line. Talk a little bit. Fellas just to let you know what my plans are for the um upcoming football season. You know, last year I would have um like a Tuesday show dedicated to sports and then like a Wednesday just a normal show. What I think I'm gonna do this year is um have a, you know, the regular Talk to Q radio show for maybe the first hour or first 75 minutes, and then on the back end just do zone coverage both nights. So, uh, you know, like maybe um, extra, it's pretty much going to be a two-hour show during football season. So maybe just like on Tuesday nights, we can review what happened over the weekend, and then maybe Wednesday nights we can preview the upcoming weeks. So uh, that's what I'm thinking about doing uh for this year. So all right, um had some contracts that were signed but the biggest contract, the Kansas City Chiefs signed signed outside linebacker Justin Houston to a 6-year, 101 million dollar deal that has 52 million in guarantees. I think it's the biggest deal for a linebacker um if I'm not mistaken, definitely the biggest for anybody in Kansas City. And uh Ray, this is a guy, you know, he's played uh, four seasons and uh, he's put up double digit sacks in the last three seasons. He went from five and a half to 10 to 11 to 22. Uh, I mean, if anything, he's definitely being rewarded for what he's done. How do you feel about this contract?
3: Uh, I think he's worth every penny. I'm glad to see that uh, Justin Houston got his money because, um, He's one of the best in the league, particularly when it comes to sacking so But anytime a guy can get 20 something sacks and seems like he's only getting better. And if he has no off the field trouble and great for the organization, I think that was the right move to make. And I think that, um, one million I believe it was, and 53 and a half guaranteed or whatever it was, I mean, I think he deserves every bit of that. I mean, to me, J.J. Wilder is the greatest defensive player in the league, but, you know, Adama Kassou is a great player. They gave him $114 million, I believe it was, and I believe Justin Houston has a greater impact on the game than Adama Kassou does. I know they're they play different positions, but at the same time, you know, when you start tying defensive guys, start getting some of the big money instead of all the offensive guys, wide receivers and quarterbacks and so forth, get all the big money.
1: So, Buck, what do you think about the deal, man? I mean, I think uh dude is really plays some ball. So I mean I, I can't twenty two sacks is stupid. This guy's increasing sacks every year. And I mean, I could I wouldn't put it past him having more than that if it, if the Chiefs weren't, you know, such a wishy washy team where he can probably, you know, get after the quarterback a little more if they had to leave.
4: This guy here, you know, he's got a high motor. And um you know he's been do, he, he's been doing the big ever since he got in the league, and I it, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean he's one of these guys. He's one of those rare guys that you can get once in a lifetime. Um, you know he he's kind of changing the game a little bit. You know I wouldn't be surprised to see him get you know break the sack total this year um, simply because I mean he 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 studies his craft, he works out hard, and I mean. He's just one of those studs that you just don't see very often, and you know, as long as he doesn't get any injuries or anything like that, sky's the limit for him. You know, he's pace. You know, he's definitely pacing the uh, linebackers last year. It's good to see somebody other than quarterbacks and receivers like Ray were saying getting getting to be you know getting the big money. So and quarterbacks, so I mean, it's just good to see somebody on defense for a change getting some some you know much deserved money. Now, the only bad thing about the only downsides to this contract is now your outside linebackers and the inside linebackers are going to be looking for big money, and you know not every team in the league has that kind of cap space to be able to pay that kind of money unless you lost, you know, all but two games. So, you know, this is you know it's a good thing to see a guy get paid, but it's a bad thing for the for the rest of the league because you know there's a lot of you know salary-strapped teams out there. They're not going to be able to afford to pay, you know, you know those kinds of salaries because they've already given them to the quarterbacks the wide receivers and, and the running backs. So this, you know, it's going to be something we we'll have to evaluate and see and watch in the upcoming years when you know free agents come up. But I think you know we'll see unless we get a big TV contract extension or something like that. There's a lot of
1: teams not going to be able to make them kind of pay, them kind of payouts. Yeah. And, uh, Ray, okay, Dez Bryant got five years, $70 million with $45 million guaranteed. So he got his money. What do you expect out of Dez?
3: Well, I mean, Dez has definitely improved over these last three years than when he first came in the league. I mean, when I used to watch Dez, the Oklahoma State, I thought Dez was going to be a great receiver coming in. But then, you know, he was more so one of them guys, like uh, I Isaiah mean, Thomas used to say to, to John Sally, is you want to be cool or do you want to play ball? Hmm. When well, he learned to start playing some ball, he became a great re- receiver. You know, I don't really have any disagreements with the deal, but, you know, to me, when they give you a franchise tenure, and it's, what, three or four times what he was making. I think that should have been enough. But, you know, they, they was able to hammer it out and get some cap space from somewhere beside him. So, you know, I mean, he's a big part of the team. And, you know, he's done well for the Cowboys and everything else. So he definitely deserves the money. It's just that when you guarantee a guy that kind of money, I'm not sure that he's got all that fool out of him yet.
0: <laughs>
3: and Jerry Jones, you know, he can eat $45 million, dollars and only look back at it. But it's just the thought of it. You know, now you didn't tell everybody that, that will listen, that you'll change. we going to listen. we we, we going we, we gonna to sit back and we going to see. Because it, it is my opinion. I like watching this. I put him on my fantasy league team and everything. But it's my belief that before this year is out, he's going to be his girlfriend, his children. Oh, and stuff man. Stuff. <laughs> and you watch what I you. Because if a guy that's changed, that's what all they can talk about is how much they change. Okay, well, you, you take a look at him and you watch him. But you know, I had no problem with the team Yeah, on the field you were very busy. But the thing mm-hmm. is, you gotta change your lifestyle. Not change your lifestyle until you get the contract. Change your lifestyle. So we'll we'll see what happens.
1: All right, and um, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, the Cowboys used to follow him around everywhere, and I don't know if they still plan on doing that. I think they can kind of. Backed off of that last year, but we're gonna see. Like you said, when a man has forty-five million in the bank, then um, ain't too much you can tell him. He has to want to do whatever it is. So we'll find out. But I'm hoping that he can step up um, over that. Now, but the Broncos signed Demarius Thomas to five years, seventy million dollars with thirty-five million guaranteed. So his guarantee was ten million less. Than Dez, did he get ripped off? Is Demarius Thomas as just as good, if not better, than Dez? You sure are too you you, um, you would think. I'm, well, this is something I'm getting from, from um, NFL.com, so I, I don't know. It came through about 9.51 9. this evening.
4: You would think. That he would be better. Than, to me, I think he's better than, you know, marriage Tom. I mean, marriage Tom was better than uh, Dez Bryant um, mm-hmm. simply because what, what Ray said earlier, I don't know if, if um Dez got all the fool out of him. And that that made a whole lot of sense to me because, you know, this is a guy that might end up, you know, slapping his mama or some shit before the end of the season or, you know, slapping some player or jumping up in the stands or some shit, you know, I like to watch this Brian play. Um, but, you know, those one of them things that, you know, he he just one of them ones he, you know, like a time bomb getting ready to go off. But anyway, getting back to Demaris Thomas. I don't know if he necessarily got ripped off. You gotta think about this for a second. You know, how long is Peyton Manning gonna play? This might this is probably gonna be his last season playing. So like he
1: wanna play more.
4: He, he actually like he wanna play more but and truthfully, you know, he really doesn't need to be playing anymore than this year. You know, he just the only reason i ain't trying to play because he's trying to tie his brother to get a damn ring, which that's just not ha- happening. So, the bottom line of it is, this is probably going to last year, and then we're going to really see how good Demarius Thomas really is. And that's probably reason, and I think his contract reflects that. Um you know, see, because I mean, he's been playing. He was playing good before they before Manning got there. He just you know, kind of enhanced his. Uh, play a little bit since, you know, Manning's been there. But, you know, that that shit's going to change this season more than likely. Um, And, you know, the Broncos will be right back down to earth where they belong. You know, they're going to get a rude awakening this year anyway. So, I don't think he got ripped off as far as the contract goes. He got what he he was supposed to get, and that's it.
1: Okay. And, Ray, um, I see Adam Schefter reported – $43.5 Forty-three point five million guarantee, which would make more sense, but um, NFL.com has them at thirty-five million. So I don't know which one is supposed to be right. So, but here's the here's the forty-three point five million dollar question, Ray. It was said, they were said that um, the Cowboys and the Broncos colluded on these contracts because they didn't want to oversell the other one. And ironically, you know, these deals were done the same day, within an hour apart, and they're almost identical. I mean, I think, you know, backroom dealings like this goes on, man. These rich guys are rich, but they they don't get rich from not doing what they need to do to try to save money. Do you think that they did a deal on this to try to make sure one wasn't overselling the other? Uh, Of course. I mean,
3: of course, this is the last day to get the contract done, but... Yes, because I think it's smart on the owners' part. Because, see, the way sports business is now, no more for guys getting paid, but to me these rich guys are doing it all wrong. See, to me, I got to tell all the shit they want to talk You, Is J.J. Watt on down? Is Aaron Rodgers on down? Right, well, he's going to do this, and where are you going to do that? Well, Aaron Rodgers got $150. 25 million, so we going to come in at 147 for you. Oh, no, 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 no. We we're not going to do it like that. See, that's why they don't really want to pay Russell Wilson right now. Because, okay, when well, you pay Russell Wilson, say, $120 million, you know they're going to hit luck with something like 147. So now, you say, well, you compare who's done the most in the league and all this, the team's success and all that, it's going to become a problem. So they're going to have to work with each other some kind of way. But absolutely, I believe uh, Jerry Jones and uh, John L. worked together on this deal because they came up with the yeah. exact same amount of money for just a little bit less guarantee, you know, and. You know, we will see. And I think with Denarius with, with Thomas, why they guaranteed a little less is because in case they can't settle on the quarterback, till you know, the wide receiver is only as good as the guy throwing to him, basically. Because I can put Callum Johnson on the high school team. but the boy can't draw his arm back and throw the ball on his back, Callum Johnson's no good. He just runs 30, run 30 yards away from everybody else. But he can't get the
7: football. Yeah. So,
3: do you take the narrative that kind of money? If he ain't got nobody to give him the football. So that that that's what I think about it. But
1: yeah, he definitely collaborated with that one. Okay, but you think they got together and did this backroom deal? That you know, I think Stephen Jones and Elway are under investigation.
4: Responsibility. I mean, we see that the you know, they're really kinda similar as far as how the contract you know, the amounts on the contract and the seventy million dollars and things of that nature. You know, everybody trying to play for a competitive edge since you know, you you have one team in the league that continue to do it and they just keep getting caught. So everybody else going like if they can do it, we let's see if we can try to do it and not get caught. So to a certain extent, you know, other teams are just, you know, they're trying. They're trying to do what they need to do to try to be successful. So, you know, they they probably evaluated and they looked to see what Cowboys were going to do with Dez Bryant, you know, and knowing knowing John Elway if he became available, then you know he he might have, would have picked up on old Dez and they wouldn't have written a contract with the other one for so, Damaris Thomas, or they may have just put him over there just for shits and giggles, just so he could have more firepower, and more weapons. But well, we we never know. But um, you know, just I, I think that there was a little bit of this backdoor action going on on here. You know, with uh, you know some promises made for you know in the very near future once the season starts.
1: Okay. Well, um, I think that they definitely got together to make sure that one Did't come out with some 50 million dollar deal, another one felt the need to do the same. I think they tried to figure it out to keep them around the same. Um, basing on the Calvin Johnson. Um, regardless, both receivers appear to be happy, and they got what they wanted. Um, instead of Dez getting like a guaranteed 13 million this year, he now has, you know, almost triple that in the bank. Uh, well, he does have triple that in the bank. So uh, more than triple. I'm pretty sure he's excited about that, and we'll just see what happens going forward. All right, Ray, help me out on the Tennessee Titans, man. The Tennessee Titans have not signed their number two overall pick, Marcus Mariota, and it's all about the offset language in their contract. Now, they've always had offset language in their player contract. There's nothing new. But when it comes to a high draft pick, I don't understand why this is, I mean, a slotted draft pick. I don't understand what why this is a big deal. Now, the offset language is, say, for example, um, he signs a four year deal, and he's due two million dollars in his fourth year. All right? If they decide to release him and he resigns, then the other team picks up the two million dollars. That's what the Titans want. However, the way it normally works is that if a, a player is supposed to get two million in his last year, and you release him, he gets your $2 million, and then he signs a new contract and gets all of that money. I mean, so it's like, you know, a double-dipping type of issue. Do you think the Titans should be worried about this? I mean, like I said, this is a slotted contract. We're not talking about Sam Bradford and $60 million guaranteed. This guy is going to get what he's going to get. So why is it a big deal as far as his last year? Well,
3: because I think they know that they reached on the situation. I mean – I, all the things I'm hearing about Mariota, they they talking him the up. It's a lot of talk. We're going to see what it looks like when he gets on the field. You know, he's selling all these jerseys and it's a lot of talk. If, if the guy was the real deal, you wouldn't worry about that. Now, you saw, now they saw him on the practice field. The coaches see him on or on the field. You wouldn't worry about that if the guy was the real deal. But that that, that that lets me know something, that when the live bullets start flying, we don't know what we're going to get. I'm hearing that he's picking up the offense. He's one of the smartest guys that have been around. I mean, he's a great guy in the locker room. He's just this and just that. But to me, if you feel like a guy's going to play $20 million a year football, you're not worried about a four- or five-year
1: contract
3: that's going to be worth $22 million.
1: That says okay. all well right there. I agree with you, man. I think that they are having um, some regret. Buck, how do you feel about it? Should why would they worry so much about um, guaranteeing his his money on a, on a you know on his deal if they decide to release him? Now, keep in mind, it's not a big deal if they keep him. So, why are you worried about what's going to happen if you release someone who you pick number two in the draft?
4: Man, it's just part of it's just part of the business side of the NFL, man. You know they, you know they give these guys guaranteed money, and you know, you know they put these big, you know they change the wording of this, you know these contracts and stuff. This this is not something new. The way they got this set up, you know they can, you know he if they release this guy, you know it may not count against the cap. You got to be creative in today's NFL. So. You know, even some of your star players. You know, you have to write clauses and things in these contracts and be prepared. And if you don't do that, then the you know the owners are selling themselves short. It's just a ugly part of the NFL that we just don't. You know, we we're old school, all of us here, and we'd like to see our players stay on the team until these jokers can't play them, play no damn more, so they can retire. But you know, there, there's there's collateral damage. You know, and that's the reason why that contract was written that way, simply for that.
1: Man, I, if I'm Mariota, I mean that definitely doesn't say that they're confident in you, and it doesn't um, say to your fans that you're confident either. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure why the, t- the Titans are playing with this. I think when you got a number two guy, you take your number two guy, and um, you know, number two overall, you take him. You pay them what's slotted, and you go on about your business. Because if you're taking a quarterback, no less, that high, and you're not saying that he's your guy for the future, then, man, I don't know what you're doing as a franchise. So um, they really dropped the ball on this one, and we'll see what happens. Um, Let's see. Did anybody see the uh, Keith Thurman fight this weekend?
3: Uh, I saw a little bit of it, because that was during uh, our reunion, so we had to watch it at, at the bar. But yeah, I saw a little bit of it, but they saved for a great fight. I saw the guy quit on the school and all that, but I didn't see the beginning.
1: Okay. And, Buck, did you see any of it? No, I actually, I had it turned
4: on, ready to see it, and ended up doing something else and forgot about it. I didn't, see, I didn't mm-hmm. get to see it, but I'm, I, I know they're going to re-air it here in the next couple of days, so I'm going to catch it then.
1: And uh, I um, I watched the fight. It was a pretty good fight. Luis Collazo, um, he held his own pretty well. He held his own pretty well. Now, I mean, this is a guy, I think he has six losses in his career. I'm trying to see if I can check out it and find his record right quick. Um. But the most interesting part of the fight, let's see, yeah, now he's thirty six and seven. Um, let's see thirty six and seven. How many knockouts? I can't with nineteen knockouts, so his his knockout percentage is you know just over fifty percent but um the the most interesting part of the fight was in the fifth round towards the end of the fifth round. He caught Keith Thurman, and he hurt him. And Keith Thurman had to get on his bicycle a little bit and run around the ring. He grabbed him. He held him. He did what he had to do to get out the round. But a lot of people are saying, okay, just because he got hurt by Luis Collazo, that it shows that Keith Thurman would not be ready for Floyd Mayweather. But, Ray, my thing is, all right, people get caught. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a big deal or not. But my thing is, if Keith Thurman looks like, if he comes off as being weaker because Luis Collazo did get a shot in on him, wouldn't that make him more enticing to Mayweather? I mean, to me, Mayweather would want him to look somewhat defeatable than more so someone who's unvin- invincible, right?
3: No, because Mayweather don't want no parts of his boy whatsoever. <laughs> so he's not, he's not falling for, oh, he looked vulnerable, or oh, he could have caught him, and this, that, and the other. He don't want no parts in that guy. And, you know, it, it, it's a shame because you got seven to eight good guys that he really could fight. Amir Khan, Kell Brook, uh, Keith Thurman, you know, it's, it's several guys you can run out of lists that could make this last fight memorable. But, Instead, it's all about marketing and bullshit. And at the end of his career, it's, it's going to hurt him. Yeah, you're going to be the richest, but it's going to hurt him. And his father's frustrated, everybody's frustrated. So now what he's going to do, he's going to pick a tomato can, and he knows he can't sell tomato can fight, so what he's going to do is he's going to offer it free on CBS, and then everybody's going to watch, and it's going to look like it's a success. Well, he really didn't risk anything whatsoever. And, I mean, if that's what people want to do, I mean, that's all right. But I don't want a champ like that. I don't want a champ that's going to fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. He's just mm-hmm. not here. Don't get me wrong. I like his lifestyle. I like the cars. I like the jewelry. I like all that. But when we talk about sports, he's just not the guy for me. And, and everybody can... Disagree in barber
1: shops and everything else, but I just don't like how you things. Buck, what do you think, man? Does Keith Thurman now that he's um, now that he's been rocked, so to speak, does that make him more enticing to Floyd Mayweather, or do you think Floyd's just gonna avoid him, you know, altogether? I think he's gonna avoid
4: him altogether. I mean, Floyd, you know, he's the type of person. You know, he's looking for the the easy knockdown. You know, somebody that he can play with in the ring type thing. He's not really looking to really fight anybody because he's doing it more from an entertainment standpoint than actually boxing. So, uh, even though this guy may look beatable, I don't think Floyd pick it up. I think he's going to ride right out to the sunset after that last
1: fight. Okay. And my thing is, so who in the world does Floyd want to fight? I mean, I you know, someone mentioned Andre Berto, I think, Recently on the show, um, or I heard that name somewhere, but um, yeah,
3: yeah I like, dude. Is awesome. I
1: like you know, Andre Berto is a name. At least I know who he is. So I mean, that's that's a good thing. But I really don't want to see him fight Andre Berto, to be honest with you. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't know. I, I would like to see him go against. You know, one of the better people. Uh, I, I don't care, even if, even though he can beat Amir Khan, at least I would feel better about that fight. Um, would you rather see him fight Amir Khan or Andre Berto, Ray? Uh, uh, I mean it's Khan,
3: of course. But I mean, it's um, like I said, he's not gonna fight you of those top guys. So I mean, we we can hope and wish and and believe, and everything else, but, you know, it, it's, it's just time for us to call a, a spade a spade. And, you know, yeah. it, it's unfortunate. Now he's going to get his free fight with CBS because he can't sell the tomato can that he wants to fight.
0: Yeah. And,
3: you know, it, it's a shame for boxing. How do you be the biggest face of boxing, and you're not willing to take on anybody? I understand Keith Thurman and... Triple G and all these guys, they got the bill they named so they want them to fight anybody. But at the same time, that's the hunger you need to have in order to be a champion. You fight anybody they put in front of you. Now whether it makes I sense that, you know, when it's September the twelfth, you open training camp but you haven't named your opponent, you know, and he basically is using money because anybody he names and I can say, Fuck you man, I don't wanna fight you. But I had to give up $3 million in order to do that. I've been fighting for $100,000 a fight. So by me naming you, of course you're going to take the fight. And to me, that ain't doing nothing but but power tripping. When you got 20 guys lined up that legitimately want to fight you and have a legitimate shot of beating you, and you will not fight that guy. You know... We can stand behind
1: that because he's black and all like I say all the time. But sometimes black ain't always right. I agree. And um Andre Berto, um he I mean he has a good record. He's thirty and three with twenty three knockouts. So, you know, he has a good knockout percentage. Yeah. He had but his last six mm-hmm. fights he hadn't really done anything, including getting TKO by um, Jesus soto Caras, who was like 27 and 8. Um, so he's lost three of his last six fights and hasn't looked that good as of late because, you know, this is a guy that was 27 and 0. So, yeah, I mean, he his record...
3: start to his career. Then, yeah. Then, like, brother, he started sniffing his own ass and started getting <laughs> knocked <laughs> down, knocked, knocked out, big dog all these guys, started kicking his ass. Now they trying to rebuild his career. Nobody wants to see that fight. We want Kell Brook. We want Amir Khan. We want Triple G. We want one of these guys that he can step in and fight. I even accept a Timothy Bradley fight, but we want. Oh, that would fight be great. Fight.
1: Yeah, I would. I would take Timothy Bradley as well. Um, the way he's been fighting as of late. So um, yeah, I just think we're going to be disappointed with whatever they have. So. Alright, fellas go ahead and get ready to wrap things up and um y'all got anything? Anything going on with your teams you wanna discuss?
3: Oh, I mean, right now we just get getting ready for the season. Uh whatever we gonna do for fantasy league, we need to start talking about it early so it ain't no last minute confusion and stuff like that and
1: you know, I I just wanna look forward to the season. Okay, but, but Okay, I guess but I don't know if he's stuck on mute, fell asleep or what's going on. But um I'm ready for it to kick off too, man. I mean training camps and um what, starts like twelve days and, and, and um don't they? Or is it is it sooner than that? Yeah, It starts on the
3: twenty sixth, I think twenty fifth. Everybody got different dates, but it starts next week.
1: Okay, so okay. Let me look at my training camp guide. Uh let's see, Arizona starts with rookies on the twenty eighth. And uh, let's see, Baltimore on the 22nd with their rookies. All right, let's see. Dallas starts on the 29th. And the Steelers on the 25th. Oakland on the 26th. All right, so let me get my calendar up here. So, yeah, you're right. Pretty much next weekend kicks things off, man, and it's going to be on and popping. So um, I got to start putting my shows together trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, I got show number 500 coming up in two weeks. Wow. So I know, right? Isn't that crazy?
3: Yeah.
1: Yep, number 500. That's coming up in two weeks. So I got something that I'm going to try to do special for that show or whatever and um, then try to figure out these sports shows. Going to have a season finale. Um, right, or, probably around the second week of preseason, and then we'll pick back up and we'll be rolling all the way uh, until like March. Talking NFL, college kicking off on everything and everything else. So, so I'm getting excited, man, because it's just around the corner. So, yeah, best time of the year. No doubt. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you hanging out with me. And Buck, if you're still there, I appreciate it too, bro. And you all have a enjoy the rest of your week. You've been listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinion. Talking zone coverage, sports, kicking around a little football like we like to do and like you'll hear more of every Tuesday and Wednesday night on the back end of the current events and relationships show. Um, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern, so get ready for that. We'll break down the weekend um, of football that occurred on Tuesday, and then we'll preview the upcoming weekend on Wednesday, and we'll get into any other sports boxing, of course. Got uh, the next big fight coming up in boxing, I believe, is um, Arthur Abraham and Robert Stiglitz, I think his name is, and uh, – that's going to be on Saturday. I'm not sure where that's going to air, but that's going to be on Saturday. Then you got Danny Garcia and Paul Maglanani, Naji fighting on August the 1st. Uh, so I look forward to that. Uh, let's see. Who else is fighting that might be decent? Those are the only ones that come to mind. So boxing has been doing well lately, and I hope they continue that momentum and uh, keep it going. So, um, I know Sergey Kovalev fights someone on July 25th. So, I'll be checking that out. Uh, someone named uh, Najib Mohammedi, who's 37 and 3 with 23 knockouts. So, he seems to have a decent record. Uh, Sergey Kovalev is 27 and 0 with a draw and 24 knockouts. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what Crusher has to do, has going on with this fight. So, that's in a couple of weeks. So boxing's looking good. Football's coming up. Excited about that. College football's going to kick in. I got um, some college football stuff to discuss probably um, in another week or two. And we'll start looking at the preseason rankings and things of that nature. Um, And we're just going to keep on doing it like we do it, zone coverage. All right. Everyone have a good evening. I will talk to you all next Tuesday at 10 p.m. Go to talktheq.com. Peace out.